This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. They're longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first-time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be bright days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you steam. It's Willard and Dibs <laughs> on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying, Grandy. Kruger's slow on the exit, and my God, go to the hearing doctor. You are deaf, my brother. I had to turn those things way, way down. It is Dan Dibley here. Willard and Dibbs, Mark is out today, and my good friend F.P. Santangelo is riding shotgun. And F.P.'s a man who I've known for probably 15 years, I'm guessing, maybe more, as we look at the, man, the counter 2024 I think we go back at least 15, but never have I done a show with UFP. I'm looking forward to the four hours. So you're so fired up when I got the call today, just sitting around, and Dibs and I are finally going to do a show. You've been nothing but a good friend to me over the years, a mentor, if you will, always helping me out and giving me tips. So this is cool, dude. I'm fired up to do the show with you. I appreciate it, and I was a fan of your show on the other side, and you know, I would text you on my drive home and a little bit of back and forth because I'd listen to Grandy and the best of, and then we'd go to commercial, or it would be my own segment and i i'm one of those guys who doesn't really love to hear his own voice i like it in real time but listening back to it sometimes uh, i i hear it and i go oh, shut up i'm with you dude Stop. i'm with you i cringe whenever i hear myself on whatever right yeah i, I cringe here and there everywhere here and there yeah. so you and i'd go back and forth on that show and uh i'm excited to get into it with you and you can feel free to intersperse any of your Baseball stories and your expertise, because I do value that. Dude, let me tell you this real quick, though. Like, baseball season, I talk baseball, but, like, I know football. I know basketball. Like, oh, I I've know. done sports talk radio my whole life. I hate when people pigeon, not you, but people right. pigeonhole me, oh, let's talk baseball. Not that Larry did anything wrong, but in the past, it's just like, oh, you're a baseball guy. Talk baseball. And one of my goals when I started this was to be known as a broadcaster, not just a baseball guy. So right. I love the Niners. I love the Warriors. I love the Giants, and hopefully they figure some things out. But I'm super excited for the NFC Championship on Sunday. And I want to get all your thoughts on that and more. And I guess what I was thinking about was you interspersing your experience as a pro athlete in terms of sure. Niners. Because being a pro baseball player, you can relate to what the Niners are going to be facing here in five days. And certainly your thoughts about locker room culture in light of what happened with the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr going to join us at 5 o'clock. And in the pre-show FP, you had some very poignant remarks about what it's like in the culture, not only in the midst of tragedy, which the Warriors are dealing with, and just you know, in light of what pro athletes go through throughout the course of the season. So that expertise, I'm hoping to lean on here throughout the course of these four hours. 
Yeah, I mean, it, there's no playbook for this whole thing that the Warriors are going through right now, and it's just it, it, it saddens my heart. And we watched the tribute today. You watched it separately. I was on the treadmill at the gym today, and I had tears like in my eyes watching the, tri- the tribute to Coach and in, in, in his country and just the way this whole thing has gone down. And and Dibs, I think we, we get caught up in X's and O's like I just talked about. And, and as players, we get caught up in our batting average, our fame, our fortune, how much money we make. And when it's all said and done, it's all we have is our legacy. Like, so, like, even for me as a retired player, like, was he a good teammate? Nobody asked how much money you made. Nobody asked what your career ERA was. Nobody asked how many championships you won. Well, maybe that one. But, like, what you have left as as an athlete when it's all said and done is your legacy. And I think when you talk about... Uh, what happened recently and you see how many lives he touched and you see how how many lives he affected and you see how Steve Kerr's handling this whole thing it's just like to me that's more important than championships it's more important than the car you drive it's more important how much money you make it's more important than walking down the street and everybody knowing your name it's like how many people did you touch as a human being like how many people's lives did you affect as a human being and when you see that tribute I mean, you and I were talking about wow. it before we came on the air. It was just like, there's not a dry eye in the house. They're panning through the crowd. Grown men are crying, which, by the way, for the record, it's okay for grown men to cry. We're human beings. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, and it was really it was really cool to see how many lives he coached touched. And the uh, tribute from where he played in Belgrade, Serbia, we're going to share that on our Twitter page. And, of course, we're talking about the passing of Warriors assistant coach Dejan Milojevic. And that happened almost a week ago. Steve Kerr going to join us at 5 o'clock today, and we'll get his thoughts and his feelings, chance for all of us to express what's going on as the Warriors get back to action tomorrow night. Peter King, 3.15, will get his feelings and his thoughts on four teams left, FP. We've got Baltimore hosting Kansas City in the first game on Sunday, and then it's the 49ers and the Lions. And I want to take the temperature not only of UFP, but of all of our listeners today, 888-957-9570. What's your confidence level right now heading into Sunday's game? Normally we wait until Wednesday to turn the page to the next opponent, but this one is so big, we want to roll out four full days of feelings and prep and emotions and thoughts. And where are the fans at? Because I'll tell you right now, FP, I'm of the mindset of looking at flights to Vegas, thinking about where I can book an Airbnb, for the three or four days before the Super Bowl, I don't have any doubt about the 49ers in this game on Sunday. I think they're the better team. I think the matchup is in favor of the Niners in most ways. There's only a few areas that I'm concerned about. I think that this one is a 49er win. Not necessarily a blowout, but I don't have much doubt at all about the 49ers and their chance to win the NFC Championship. Where are you fans? 888-957-9570. Are you booking a flight? Are you pulling out your lucky hoodie? Are you of the mind that, oh boy, they've got a whole bunch of trouble because this Lions team is hot? I'm feeling confident, and as a fan FP, I can be overconfident because it's not going to affect the way they play at all. Yeah, you can feel however you want to feel as a fan. I never tell fans how to feel. I think Niner fans have been overconfident a lot this season, and I am a Niners fan, and there were times when I was guilty of it. But I respect this Lions team. I respect what Dan Campbell has done for this team. It's really a, a cool dynamic within my family, not that anybody cares, but my father, who's 80 years old, grew up a Lions fan. And oh, I he's know never. I know he was a high school football I was born, coach. Yeah, right? I was, yeah, he was a high school football coach in Sacramento for 40 years. Um, and so, like, we moved out from Detroit when I was six years old. 
So it goes, it runs deep with him and my mom too. My mom's a gambler and she bet the Niners to win the Super Bowl early in the season. So she stands to win a couple grand if the Niners win. So I asked her and she's like, Niners, baby. And my dad's like, I don't know. So my dad's even toured because we've been in California probably since 1970, 1971. Okay. Is he still a Lions fan? He's still a Lions fan. He bleeds it, man. He watches every game so every Sunday. So what's it like for those two right now? They don't know how to react. They're in, they're in uncharted waters. They're just like, my mom went to university. Of Michigan, so the okay. Wolverines won the national championship. Shout out Ann Arbor, the first one they've seen in their lifetime. Basically, they were real young when they won it last time, and the '97 one was split, so okay. we don't count that. So this is the first ever yeah. they've experienced, and now the Lions. So like, you if you're if you're a Michigander and a sports fan, this like is that. just uncharted territory because the Lions have always sucked. Matt, yeah. uh, our program director, look, he he tweeted out something. The first lion that pops into your head, I just dropped Eric Hipple. Because like that, those are the days like that I grew up watching the Lions and Barry wow. Sanders yeah, and those yeah, yeah. teams. So that's so funny. And then Eric and then I'm, I'm a I'm a Jared Goff fan. So I yeah. so but watching the Lions and watching Hard Knocks and being all in on Dan Campbell and kind of being a closet Lions fan. I've been a Niners fan my whole life. Like I'm I, I, I'm a faithful. Trust me. I'm scared of this team coming in. And like I said, in the handoff thing that we just did, that momentum and belief to me at this time of the season are more important than talent. I think over a 17-game schedule, talent plays, right? Yeah. And talent's going to play on Sunday. I'm not just saying you can go over there, you can go in that game with a bunch of stiffs and win, but like momentum and belief and what they have, whatever that thing is, they have that thing. And maybe the Niners have had it and then not had it and had it and not had it this year, but the momentum, like I said earlier, the freight train is rolling in to Levi's yeah. on Sunday. Well, momentum is the next day's starting pitcher, yeah. as you know, yeah. and that's obviously a baseball axiom, but in terms of football, I don't know if there is really momentum when you have teams at this point in the season. You've got a Lions team. Yes, they've got momentum. They won two games at home. The first two home wins they've had, the first home game they had had in 30 years. So the Lions now have a total of three playoff wins in the Super Bowl era, two of them coming in the last two weeks. So yes, they have momentum in those terms. But the Niners are at home, and they're coming off a home win. And yes, they didn't play great, but they won the game, and they wrapped up a season as the number 1 overall seed. So I'm not sure, in terms of momentum, if it carries over from one week to the next. For me, football is more about matchups than it is about momentum. And I look at this matchup, and I think about how each team can make the other team uncomfortable. And the Niners can pressure Jared Goff, which he doesn't like. He doesn't really thrive under pressure. He's not that mobile. I think the 49er pass rush against a Lions O-line that's good, but I think they can be susceptible. And if you pressure Jared Goff, he can make mistakes. And on the other side, I don't know how the Lions defense can make the Niner offense uncomfortable. I don't see that part of it. Yeah, their they're, they're pass defense is porous. So, right. I mean, yeah, but... It's, it still comes down to belief and, and, and momentum. And I, I think I think what I tweeted out, and this is what I believe, that it, it, if you're playing for your your season like the Niners did, 
and they had a horrible three and a half quarters, and they can turn things around. And Brock Purdy had a rough game. And it's okay to say Brock Purdy had a rough game. Yeah. The best players in the history of football have had rough games. I, I want to dig deep into the hatred for Brock Purdy right now. Oh, we'll get into it I, for I, sure. I, literally, that, I, I could do the whole show on that. And then he turns it around. He has the mental capacity, the mental toughness, and the, the, the mental strength to, at the biggest moment, like the rest of the offense, to have that drive at the end. So that's what I'm hanging my hat on. I, I, I am scared of the Lions. I, I, if you listen to me at all, I, I'm a big worry board. I'm Italian. I worry about every team. There was teams I worried about this, this season for the Niners and guys that were making fun of me. And they're like, what are you worried about, bro? I'm like, I don't know. This one just uh, this, this, and this. And this is why I'm worried. And, then, and the Niners would win by 30. So maybe that's going to happen. Dibs, all my buddies. Every single one of my friends, and I'm going to say probably more than five, uh, that, that are Niners fans, that are diehard, faithful Niner fans, are on your side. They think this is a rout. Yeah. They think they're going to win by 20. Feet up. To me, it's not that they're going to win comfortably or by a blowout. I just think they're going to win. I think they're better. They're at home. And the Lions coming outdoor. Jared Goff being in a spot that's going to be difficult. Dan Campbell has never coached in this spot either. I think that this Lion team is going up against a real juggernaut. And I think that the rest versus rust thing, that goes away. And Brock Purdy with a dry ball, you're hoping. The forecast is for no rain on Sunday. I think this offense definitely hums, unlike it did this past weekend. 888-957-9570 is a phone number. Where's your worry level for the 49ers heading into Sunday? we got Peter King at 315, Doc Pandia from UCSF Medical to break down all the Bay Area injuries, and then Steve Kerr coming up at 5 o'clock. FP's in for Mark Willard. We are sponsored by Safeway. It's Willard and Dibs here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. 
Willard and Dibs FP is in for Mark Willard. We are streaming live on YouTube and Twitch. Head to twitch.tv slash 957thegame and youtube.com slash 957thegame. Watch us live. If anyone swears, you'll get to hear it. Subscribe to the channel for all 957thegame content on Twitch and YouTube. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button on YouTube if you like the show, and I know you do. It's powered by First NorCal Credit Union. The topic right now is what's your confidence level for the Niners and Lions? FP's buddies and I all kind of in the same boat in terms of very confident. So confident, FP, that I am currently on the VRBO website looking for Airbnb, VBR, VRBO listings in Las Vegas for a couple of weeks from now. That's good. Yeah, wait, what are you paying? Like $1,200 a night? It's actually not as expensive as you would think. Really? Yeah, you can find some affordable yeah, like, spots. Staying in somebody's bathroom? There is one spot where it's a, hey, uh, rent a room in my house, which I'm That's, always a little bit hesitant Dude, about. I got a story. I did that one time in spring <laughs> training in West Palm Beach, Florida, as a broadcaster. And I, I asked my executive producer, I said, hey, I, I just want to stay. They would fly us in, parachute us in for games, and fly back and forth from D.C. And I said, I just want to stay in West Palm and get the vibe. So I did that, and I, I didn't realize that... I was staying in somebody's place. I looked at the place. It looked cool. It was in a, over a marina. Right, right. It had windows. It was like on, on a place called Singer Island in West Palm Beach, Florida, which is near and dear to my heart. That's where I live when I play Nayball. I'm like, this place is beautiful. It had like the elevator that opens up into the place Whoa, on the top yeah, floor. Okay. And the pl- price was way reasonable. I'm like, no. So I ran it by him. He said, yeah, I'll pay for that, whatever. So I get there and somebody's living in it, dude. And I had a room and it got weird. And I don't know. I don't just want to say... Like details, but the person that lived there was weird, and it was weird, and the whole thing was weird, and I had to bail out after one day <laughs> because it was weird. Like, I, like watch you while you sleep, weird. No, it was just somebody living by themselves right. that was a strange person. I'll leave it at that. And I, got, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, and I kind of ghosted. And I don't know if I got in trouble for ghosting, but I ghosted, and I went and stayed at a hotel. Did you get your money back, or uh, I didn't care at that point because okay. the station was paying for it? Oh, gotcha. So yeah, gotcha. I just, I just, whoa. I, I had a I, similar experience. I will never stay in a room in somebody else's house again that I don't know. Right? Maybe a detached garage or something like that you could do, but yeah. not an actual. Room. I had the same. It was very a, it similar was a experience. woman too. They, it was just weird. Yeah. It was oh, weird. Yeah. It was weird. I did the same thing on the road, and it was a woman, and you know, we, we did the meet and greet, and she's showing me where everything is, and next thing you know, we're talking about her son who had passed away about nine months ago, and now she's in tears on the couch, and yeah. I'm supposed to be there a week, and I was like, yeah, I think I might last about an hour here. Yeah. Stayed, slept the night, and I woke up, I said, yeah, I'm going to have to, you know, something happened, I have to get back out of town. I think my torso was going to be in a dish, <laughs> in a ditch somewhere, in a glad bag if I stayed there. That's where I was going with it. Well, FP's got me scared about my Airbnb plans for Vegas, but I'm going forward anyway because I'm very confident about the Niners taking on the Lions on Sunday. Where are you, 49er fan? 888-957-9570. Peter King coming up at 315. But first to the phones, Ramiro in San Francisco. What's going on, Ramiro? What are you doing? Hey, what's up? Uh, what's up, guys? What's up, FP? Uh, I'm calling you on the on the new uh, station, man. Congrats, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, Diz, what's up? Hey, uh, what's up, Ramiro? I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm feeling pretty confident. Um, I was at the game actually on Saturday. Uh, Saturday night was my first ever NFL game, and I'm not a Niner fan per se, but I was there for the for the experience. So it was it was great. Um, 
you guys were talking about um, the Brock Purdy and kind of the Niner uh, disrespect. I feel like I've always been of the thought that Bay Area sports, no matter how successful or how, or you know how bad they're doing, they always get the the worst flack from the media. I don't know what you guys think about that. Do the Niners are getting zero respect right now? And there's so much hatred out there for this team. If you look around, I don't understand why the rest of the country hates the 49ers. I mean, they have a quarterback that looks like I don't know, like a college student. Right. He's right. he's clean cut. He's religious. You have Christian McCaffrey, who's like the poster boy for running backs in the NFL. You have a bunch of likable guys on the team. There's no jerks on the Niners unless someone's a jerk to them first. So I just don't get this hatred for the Niners nationwide. And I don't, I still, I, I just really, 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 really don't get the hatred for Brock Purdy right now. Within our community, within, right. within our region, well, I should really say. Well, it's really outside the community, I think, more than inside. But inside, you're right, FP, there is still some, some consternation. There's some hate coming down on Brock Purdy from inside the community. Earlier today on the Morning Roast, Brian Baldinger talked about the national pundits, the punditry, and how they've kind of been on a roller coaster with Brock Purdy. I think people just swing with the wind. They just swing game to game. And, you know, their analysis lasts for six days. And then, you know, <laughs> they have to either eat their words. Like, either you either see something that you think is special or you don't. And they're going to have, I don't care, Willie Mays had bad days. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, you're just going to have off days. And it's it's uh, it's a rhythm thing. It's a, it's a weather thing. It it's a pressure thing. It's a playoff thing. It's all of that. It's all of that and more, FP. And Dude, nobody ever has to eat their words. That's a problem with our country. There's no accountability. You can just go on Twitter and say whatever what you, you want. Say. You're going to have to eat those words. I, I'll eat it. Dude, I'll be the first one to say I'm wrong. I've done it a million times. I, I, I preface everything good at like, it. yeah, good yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll fall on the sword if I have a sword to fall on. But like, to what, what Baldy's saying is like, there is no accountability. Nobody ever has to eat their words. You can just go on whatever show, wherever, nationally, watch the highlights of Brock Purdy, not even watch the whole game, and then start ripping Brock Purdy. And usually, the little guy that's the Cinderella story that was Mr. Irrelevant is like the feel-good story that everybody loves and everybody wraps their arms around. And for some reason, whether he's getting penalized for having weapons all around him or getting penalized because his coach is probably the best play caller in the NFL, that he's getting no credit. And then, it, and if he has a little wobble, that, that everybody jumps on this, like I told you, he sucks bandwagon. Right, right. And people, I think, in this day and age, you have to have a take and it has to be hot. So you come out on one side and you're a hot taker and the latest is Ryan Clark and we've played the comments on this show and I know we've played him throughout the day on the station Ryan Clark basically saying he it was forced all but forced to put Brock Purdy in the category with the likes of Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and the rest and he's done doing it well you don't ever have to feel pressured to feel one way or the other maybe on the, on the national stage you do and if you're Ryan Clark and you want to keep that high-profile job. Maybe the pressure is on to have a hot take. And it's easier to have a negative take than it is to have a positive take. You know what I mean, FP? For an unproven commodity. Like, you're not going to come out and say, I think Patrick Mahomes is overrated. Well, you're an imbecile because he's been to three Super Bowls and he's four quarters away from going to a fourth in five years. There's a way to go about it if you're Ryan Clark. You could just say, like, I got caught up in the moment. And maybe I, in my heart of hearts, I didn't believe in Brock Purdy, but I saw what he was doing, and I was on the MVP bandwagon, and all of a sudden, he's had a few clunkers, and I'm off of that. But you don't have to say, like, I, I, I was forced to say anything. Your take is your take. 
And you can always back off a tag. Takes are like stocks. They're up, they're down. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. And if you wear it on the other side of it and say, like, look, I got caught up in this and I was wrong. But, but to say, like, that he was forced to and he didn't believe in what he... They said, whatever, whatever. Don't say in the first place. Well, in this day and age, and I Can think... Can we hear it? You, yeah, I'd love to play it. And you were speaking to this before, and, you know, I'll let you... You share your comments about where we are as a country in terms of no having the ability to backpedal. It's not only no, no accountability, it's also no ability to say what you said about being wrong. Here's Ryan Clark on first take from ESPN yesterday talking about the hardest thing he's had to do. I'm about to um, make a confession. The single hardest thing I had to do this year was act like Brock Purdy deserved to be in the conversations with the other people we're mentioning in that tweet. Because he was playing extremely well and operating in that offense and distributing the ball to Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, we had to continue to include him in conversations with the Lamar Jacksons. We had to continue to include him in conversations with the Josh Allen. Those things are not alike. Brock Purdy is a fine player. Brock Purdy can operate in Kyle Shanahan's offense at an extremely efficient level. Brock Purdy doesn't raise the level of play of anyone around him. And so when you talk about Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, the people around them benefit from having those sorts of players at the quarterback position. Brock Purdy benefits from having the sort of players he has at the skill positions around him. In other words, he's a system quarterback who's only good because of his surroundings. And Ryan Clark, it's the hardest thing he had to do, FP, was to to admit that he was wrong, that he put Brock Purdy into that same category as those other quarterbacks. It's not an admission, and it's not him saying, you know what, turns out Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. I was wrong, and he belongs there. And that's something that you were talking about during the, the sound clip we played before, that we now in this country have a difficult time of doing what you just did earlier in the segment, and that is admitting that you made a mistake. Just you, admit you're wrong. wrong. Exactly. It, it, the hardest thing you had to do all year... That's a bit dramatic. It's tough. Really hard. The, the one thing I'm always or try to be aware of, Dibs, is like I wasn't that good as a player. So when I when I go out on a limb to criticize somebody, I always have to remember the, how hard it was, number one, and how I wasn't very good, number two. You made it to the major leagues. Okay, great. I mean, it, it, that was a, a hard thing. Seven years of the minors making no money at all. I, I Trust me, I, I, I realize I that. I hit 182 for Food Villa as a 14-year-old in the Fairfax Little League. So... I know how hard that was. You played in the major leagues, FT. Well, don't be so self-deprecating. Still, though, I mean, Ryan Clark, I, I, don't, I don't remember his career. I don't remember who he was as a player. I'm sure he had a wonderful career. I'm looking right now. He had 16 interceptions over what looks like an 11-year career. For the Steelers, right? Uh, the Steelers, the they were the Redskins back then, the Giants, and mostly the Steelers, and then back to the uh, 2014. So, yeah, it was the okay. Redskins. Yep. Can you say that on the air? The Commanders. Yeah, really. The Commanders. The Washington. Well, you the can Washington, say, I mean, yeah. The Washington it's, football team. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. There's so many different ways he could have handled that. I was forced to. 
it was the hardest thing I had to do. Right. Just because he had a wobbly three quarters, you're going to jump off that. I hope Brock Purdy throws for 450 yards on Sunday and five touchdowns, no interceptions. It, because, but here, here's the thing, though, Dibs. Like, when you're a player like Brock Purdy and you're Mr. Irrelevant, you need this. You need Ryan Clark saying this stuff. You always need that chip on your shoulder. You want to prove people wrong. It's gas in your tank. And the, the second that Brock Purdy takes a deep breath and says, I got this, he's going to get knocked right on his butt. and He's going to have to get back up again. But guess what? Guys like that are used to getting up again. I'm a pro at getting up again. Knock right. me down. You knock me down. I'm right, right, right now, I'm in my wheelhouse, bro. Knock me down. I, I know how to get up. I'm a pro at getting up. And I think Brock Purdy is a pro at getting up, too. So he had a tough right. game. He's going to bounce back. I'm still worried about the Lions. I'm not going to change my take on that, but I do think Brock Purdy plays way better this week. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy, and I appreciate those comments because you were kind of a AAA majors kind of toggle guy for a lot of your career, right? You you never got to the bigs and felt like, all right, I'm comfortable. No, I'm- I got to the bigs and I never went back, but I never felt comfortable. Right, I was always like in my mind one over away from going back to AAA. Yeah, which is uh, the the kind of motivation I'm sure that kept you sharp and kept you in the game as long as it did. Chris in New Jersey wants to weigh in on Brock Purdy. What's going on, Chris? You're on with FP and Dibs. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm actually, uh, this is the first time I'm listening to you guys, uh, diehard Niners fan since 87. Um, I, I just, um, big Brock Purdy fan, uh, you know, he's, he's, he processes um, information very quickly. But my, my concern is that Baltimore game, when he played Baltimore, he was throwing some some balls. I just I, I don't know what why he did, he saw what he saw. And, and they're just literally going right to those players. Same thing with Green Bay. I mean, I'll give you the um, the weather as a factor. But going back to that Baltimore game, I'm, I'm concerned at some of those throws. I mean, if, if he doesn't make those throws, we, we have a really good chance of winning the game. I just wanted to get your take on that. Dude, here's the thing: like, as as a <laughs> this is no comparison at all, but as an undersized quarterback, my freshman sophomore year in high school, I couldn't see my receivers. Like, I was five. And you were in uh, Oak Ridge. Yeah, I was like five foot four and trying to see my receivers. Man. So. When Brock, Pur- I think Brock Purdy needs to get outside of the pocket. I-, I-, I think when he stands tall and he gets flat foot in the pocket, that he has trouble seeing. That's why he throws to spots. That's why they rely on timing. I think the timing was off because receivers couldn't cut on a wet on wet grass like they normally can. And when you're a timing guy, yeah, I heard you say route, that yesterday. If the route's right. yeah. kind of rounded off, then I'm throwing to a point and he's rounding off his route where he's usually sticking his foot in the turf. So yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that he saw it. I don't think he saw it. I don't think that throw was it to with Jawan Jennings in the middle in front of in three three guys in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Dude, that was a Hail Mary. Everyone's like, that's the best throw he's made all day. Dude, that was a Hail Mary in that front of That was a great throw. It, dude, it, he dude, put it over the linebacker Mary. and in front of the safety. It's the only place he could have thrown that. Yeah, and but he's he been just getting away with those it. all year. Dude, he just chucked it. I do think you're right in terms of, you know, getting him to roll, and he likes to roll left, so let's see some roll out left or some half rolls to the left side and give him a little bit of a better look because if I am Detroit, I'm going to look at what Baltimore did, I'm going to look at what Green Bay did, and that is clog the middle of the line and also clog the middle of the field. Make Brock Purdy have to make the tougher throw outside the hash marks and also get a lot of hands up in his face. If you don't have the ability to pressure all the way to him, get up and make it more difficult for him to throw. Raymond is in Richmond, and now you're on the game. It's Willard and Dibs with FPN. What's going on, Raymond? Hey, what's up, Dibs? What's up, FP? What's going on, man? How are you? Um, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Um, I just want to touch on that Niners defensive line. I think if the 
if we rush five this week instead of four and we can make Jared Goff uncomfortable, then we win this game. But if the defense isn't getting home and putting pressure on them, then we don't win the game. You know, Nick Bosa got to earn that contract that he was he was holding out on. I think he's zero sacks in like the last four or five playoff games. Um, I think that they got to show up and they got to make Jared Goff uncomfortable. And as far as the Packers game, I think, um, you know, a lot of those bigger plays they had in that game, if Mooney Ward and the defenders don't fall down, those, the outcomes of those plays are different. And I'm sitting watching the Packers game, and I'm having flashbacks to Willard and Dibbs when Dibbs is saying, oh, man, it's going to come down to some special teams plays, and then they get the blocked the block field goal, the big kick return. I'm like, oh, man, Dibbs jinxed us, man. But then <laughs> I think that this, te- this, this team proved that they have to win ugly. You have to be able to win ugly in the playoffs. And I think that was really big for us. That should give us a confidence boost because everybody's saying we can't win from behind. And um, Ryan Clark is a clown. The guy had eight tackles in two Super Bowl appearances. And he should be on Purdy's side because he was an undrafted free agent coming into the league. So I just think the national media, they have to give certain takes and they have to stick with that so that they don't look dumb in the end. But uh, we got something to prove this year. Everybody's heading on us, and I think we can get it done. Thank you, Raymond. I appreciate that. And uh, what I said, FP, was I see the game coming down to a last-second kick, Jake Moody needing to bag one from 42 yards to win the game, and Mark was you know, getting a little bit sick to his stomach over the notion of that being the way. Because we talked about what would you rather have, a close game that the Niners pull out or just a lopsided blowout. And I said, I'm here for the close game. And then we get to Saturday and, you know, they're, they're down three, nothing. They're up seven, six, then they're trailing and they're trailing. They're still trailing. And now Brock Purdy's got to lead him on a drive. That for me was peak fan experience. I was telling Mark yesterday, the wife was even watching and I had my baby in my arms, a 16 month old Mila, and she was past her bedtime and she puts her head on my shoulder and it's like, we can't put you down right now, honey, because Brock Purdy's got the ball, and we need to see how this ends. Did you spike your kid when McCaffrey scored? No, but uh, there was. I was definitely pumping the fist with the non-hold hand. I go with the left side hold, so it was a right-sided fist pump. But as soon as he scored and the, and the PAT was good, I said, all right, we're going to put you down and then put her down real quick. Mommy puts her down, and then I watch the final minute and change. Dude, isn't it, isn't it dude, it's so funny, like, perspective on that game? Yeah. What lens... You saw that game through because I'm getting goosebumps over here. I'm with you, dude. Like that, la- whatever happens in the course of a game, for- I watch games differently because I I know how hard it is to, to to flip the script. Like when when stuff is heading south and you're having your worst game ever on the biggest stage, like your brain starts to play tricks with you, man, and things start to go faster. The game starts to speed up. You hear all these coaches, well, we were really able to slow it down, or the game sped up on us. The game goes fast. In and of itself, when you come out of the tunnel, I don't know what it's like. I'm just imagining, but I've been in big games on the other side, where it's it's as soon as you step on the field, it's going fast. And the be- the guys that perform the best on the biggest stage have the ability, the mental wherewithal, and the ability and the mental strength to slow it down. You add a pick and two near picks into 
your your what's going on, it starts to speed up and it's fast. And I can't imagine how fast it was going for Brock Purdy. I can't imagine how fast it was going for a lot of guys. They're probably looking around going, "We're about to like choke our season away at, right, right here right. against this team." And I gave, dude, I'm with you. I gave the Packers tons of respect. I told all my buddies, the ones I've already referenced, take the Packers and the points. It's going to be way closer than people think. The Packers are rolling. They have the momentum, just like the Lions have the momentum this week, which scares me. But for Brock and the whole team. To have the mental toughness to get into that huddle and to command that huddle before the last drive with six minutes left, and for Trent Williams to come in there and say something, and for them to flip the script and slow it, I, it's hard for me to articulate, Dibs, like how hard that is. That, that that just that's really, 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 really hard to do, especially as a second-year player when you are the quarterback He's and a you kid. know, yeah, all eyes on you. And as a baseball player, and you know, you make. Couple two three big outs in your chance in a big game. You're thinking, ah, just give me one more chance, and then you get that one more chance, and it's kind of you know UV the pitcher a little bit more compartmentalized in terms of you just go in there and you you look for a pitch, you do your job, you put bat on ball, and maybe something good will happen. Brock Purdy's got to worry about 21 other people, and he's got to command the offense, get everyone set, get the ball, and still make plays, and also put out of his mind what's gone on. To your point, flush I mean, it. Flush it all, because you, you haven't had a good game, and you hear all the chirping nationally about you being a system guy and how the Niners never come from behind, you're not built to come from behind, and here you are needing a touchdown, you got six minutes left, and you got to go down 75 yards and score, and do it so that Green Bay can't answer, and then you command the drive. The only incomplete is a George Kittle drop, and you get the job done. CJ in the city, we're going to squeeze you in here before Peter King coming up after the top of the hour. What's going on, CJ? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, guys? I just got a quick one for you on that. Um, I think the main reason why uh, Brock gets a lot of hate is because I think win or loss, he's always the main focus of discussion. Even if there's big plays by other players, like for example against the Packers, Greenlaw had a great interception and um, Jennings with that catch, and he's still the main focus of the Christian. Like he's the one that got the job done because he let us down the field at the end of the game, sure. But there was also many other factors in that game. And the other uh, thing I want to touch up on is obviously if you put any quarterback in this system with these players, it'll be almost impossible for them not to succeed with Kyle Shanahan. So. I think Brock is is a decent quarterback. A lot of our fans just want him to be like a Joe Montana or Steve Young, but you know we just got to chill. He's good and he's all right, he's decent, and that's all I got. Thank you, CJ. I appreciate the call. And uh, you can't be Joe or Steve until you stack seasons and stack titles. So for right now, be Brock. Win on Sunday, and then we'll see what happens in Vegas, and we'll see if you can join the pantheon of quarterbacks. Only 34 quarterbacks have ever won a Super Bowl. Or you could see if you could join Dibs in his Airbnb. That's possible. That'd have to be inspiration I for got me, room. Dude. He'll probably be staying with his parents. Yeah. We are presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. FP is in for Willard. Peter King coming up at 315. Don't go anywhere. It's Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at zenny.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 